it does the countdown for us. Zencaster does the countdown for us. That's kind did of it, a bummer. Did it count down already? It already counted down, man. There's oh, no point in you saying three, two, one. I feel like the whole nostalgia of consciousness <laughs> porn is fucked. Three, two, one. <laughs> there we go. And okay. we're live. Yeah, there we go. Now we're back. So we were talking about the now. Welcome to the now. How does it feel? Dude, it feels so present. Something. Do you think being addicted to tobacco is a net bad for me? 100%. This is one of the most well-known poisonous substances in the history of mankind. One of the most well-documented, negatively health-impacting substances. I think it's fine. This is Chimico tobacco. No filter, no chemicals, just pure tobacco. I don't know if it was ever the chemicals that were the issue. You know, they're a big part of the issue, but, but yeah, I mean, there really shouldn't be any smoke in our lungs, and tobacco is pretty addictive. Yeah, but it's also dope, dude. Tobacco during this time in the jungle, which to catch the audience up was forty-five days I spent in the jungle. I'm a week out of it now. I don't really feel like regaling you with the tales of ayahuasca again because that would just be every every podcast at this point. But tobacco, I discovered tobacco is a great medicine. Yeah, let's hear about the tales of tobacco. That's a good title. That is a good title. We're on a roll, dude. Yeah. I already got a title. Um, so tobacco. Tobacco is a protective plant. It's also a purgative plant. And normally in the retreats I've done in the jungle in the past that are shorter, there's a tobacco ceremony where we drink liquid tobacco in order to purge. But because I was on this path of learning to work with the plants and eventually lead retreats. They're having me drink tobacco more regularly. I did like eight tobacco ceremonies and not with the goal of purging necessarily, but with the goal of taking in the energy of tobacco, but it's really fucking hard. So the first six times, every time, basically I would drink it, it was really fucking strong too. There were just two shamans. There's Luis and Juan. And previously we did it with Juan who makes like a watered down tame tobacco drink. But Luis doesn't fuck around. He's the older shaman. He's the guy who was forced to drink a liter of liquid tobacco when he was eight and was raised to be a shaman, not allowed to socialize, not allowed to do anything other than learn shamanism. So he makes a really fucking strong tobacco drink. And every time for the first six times, I would drink it. And after four hours or so, my body was just like, can't take it, can't do it. I would throw up. But the last few times, I kept it down. And tobacco gives you visions, unlike ayahuasca, which gives you you know, a waking journey or trip. Tobacco gives you visions in your dreams. And I had the coolest fucking dreams of my life. Like I've always had lucid dreams. But usually when I try and control it, the dream world will fall apart after a little bit. But these tobacco dreams, it was like these dreams were as different from normal dreams as dreams in general are from waking consciousness. It was like a whole other realm of dreaming. And I was lucid. I knew I was sleeping. I knew I was dreaming. But it was like super visionary. There were vivid colors like these blues because there was an ocean. Um, they were like Northern lights, but blue, but like a similar characteristic of light. 
and I was flying over the ocean, doing all kinds of shit. I could control the dream. I could fly and the dream world just stayed there. So it was basically like having superpowers and I got messages. I got insights. I was in this big house of spirits talking with different spirits and uh, yeah, it was fucking amazing. So you drink the tobacco and then you go to sleep? Pretty much, yeah. You, well, there's more than just drinking. You'll drink it. He'll do some singing, some like ceremonial stuff, and then he'll rub tobacco on your skin, and then you smoke a little tobacco, and then, yeah, you go to sleep. How you lie much, down. How much of it do you drink? Like a quarter, um, I don't know, an eighth to a quarter of a liter, maybe less, okay. something like that. Like a, Like a small cup. Yeah, like a small-ish, medium-sized half of a coconut shell, that much tobacco. Okay, so yeah, that's not not a large amount. Yeah, and but it's then, so fucking strong. Yeah, so then you go into just this immediate wild dream state. How long are you asleep? No, you don't. You don't go immediately into it. It's uh, like I didn't fall asleep for a few hours. Oh, okay. But like the tobacco needs time to get into your system. So like, you know, it's an energy. It was crazy. I was like, I would walk through the jungle and actually feel, smell the essence of tobacco just randomly in the jungle, smell tobacco, feel it. And, uh, and so, yeah, you like, you wait for sleep to come. It takes some time, but then if you've been able to keep it down for long enough and you have the energy in you, it gives you this shamanic dreamlike experience. That's so interesting pretty cool it's weird for westerners i feel like because we're so used to tobacco being just horrible for you it's hard to fathom it being a good medicine but i think it's like i think aya and tobacco are top tier those are the top two i mean those purges sound quite brutal oh yeah dude so brutal i purged so much holy shit i lost so much weight on ayahuasca too there were times when like it got really intense, more intense than it's been in the past this time. Like there were times when I had no control over my body. It was just like ayahuasca was driving the vehicle of my body and I was, I would like purge and shit, but it wasn't really me doing it. There was no choice involved. It was just like shit happening. And then I got so deep into it that I was like on ayahuasca during the day, like feeling it without, you know, having drunk it was just fucking in the plant medicine and the plant medicine was in me deep. Yeah. But it's, it's not for the faint of heart, dude. It, it's pretty rough work. Um, I mean, I totally buy that after a while, it just, you're on it all day. Cause if you smoke habitually, you're pretty much high all day, even though you're not. Yeah. Like your energy becomes like you have a very weed like energy. Yeah, exactly. You're just kind of in that vibe. Yeah, totally. Um, so that's that's really interesting what a constant ayahuasca vibe is like. It's pretty wild, man. It's like I already told you, not on the podcast, but I, to- I told you how like I see light flickering and I see the particles shimmering in empty space. I see that empty space isn't empty and that's kind of like seeing 4D. There were some times in this retreat where it felt like I was in 5D. We're basically like waking life, just walking through the jungle during the day. It just all felt dreamlike. There was no sense of self. It felt like we were all just this collective thing. 
That's wild. Pretty wild. You start to do it. You still, you're still an ayahuasca virgin. Yeah, man. Every time you tell me you purge a bunch, I'm just like, well, you know, your body doesn't want it inside of it. That's what that is. I'm not into the concept of like, you're, you're getting out your demons or whatever. Yeah. But what if you're just getting out like gunk? For example, let me just explain in very somatic plain terms that the right side of my body was like shut down. My lung was closed. I wasn't taking in air. And during this time, everything shifted. Now I breathe into my right side, my right back muscles like woke up. And I found that there was just all this shit sitting in my left side, like this fluid shit, bile shit. And so I got that out. How do you know that that was the case? Well, I don't know. I don't know much, but I know that I felt amazing the next day after. Like after a heavy night of purging, after like a rough ayahuasca journey, the next morning you feel like lighter. You just feel great. You feel vital. I mean, I believe you, but that doesn't encourage me to want to do it more. I think another thing that really makes me buy in is the more you do it, the less ayahuasca you need. Like ayahuasca That's and really Louis, interesting. Louise and Juan, they can take just like a tiny little sip of ayahuasca and be in it. And even for me, like in my first eight or so journeys, probably half the time or a little more, I would take a second drink. I would take a full cup and then I would have a second drink later in the night to like make the medicine stronger. Now I like can't fucking imagine doing that. It's so fucking strong. I'll have like half a cup and I'm just off into hyperspace. What do you think that is? Because you get more sensitive, you get more open. Like, I think it's that way with a lot of psychedelics. Not if you do it day after day, like there's the whole tolerance building of mushrooms thing, but like with mushrooms too. Like after this retreat, I had a two gram mushroom trip to kind of integrate and it was way more powerful than two grams have ever been. Because I think just as a person, yeah, you get more sensitive, you get more open. And I think that's what convinces me these are actual medicines because they bring you back to yourself. They don't like require more and more. They don't like take, keep taking from you like alcohol or like weed or like heroin. That's interesting. But I mean, the weed thing is a tolerance thing. It's not, you know, if you do it responsibly, you don't require more and more. It's just if you smoke perpetually, you require more and more. Mm, that's, yeah, that's I guess it, it's all degrees. Too. Yeah. I think anything in moderation can be good. Like I think smoking weed once a week is probably great. No, no, I mean like alcohol is the less you have, the less you need. Yeah, but ayahuasca is the opposite. The more you have, the less you the need. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes way more sense. Not necessarily yeah. just the more you have, the more you open up, the more you become attuned. Alcohol, I mean, they're like, actually, that's a great comparison, alcohol versus ayahuasca, because I think they're essentially polar opposites. Alcohol is numbing. And ayahuasca is like enlivening. Like after I drink ayahuasca, I feel energy flowing through my body in a way that's like awakening. Would you go and do some sort of shaman? Are there any alcohol centric shamanic <laughs> traditions? I feel like there are. I don't know, man. That would be interesting. 
I feel Fuck like no, there I wouldn't are do that, but. <laughs> places in like Southeast Asia where like they have this religious experience where they just been drink and, and puke for like four straight days. <laughs> that would be a funny skit. Whiskey shamanism. No, I think it's a real thing. I don't think it's whiskey. I think they got, you know, some sort of sugar cane drink or something. But I think I saw this on Parts Unknown once. Yeah. No, I'm saying it would be fun for us to do whiskey shamanism. Make it oh. all like southern but i guess there's already who's the ayahuasca guy kentucky something kentucky guy i don't remember there was a guy though there's some guy like kentucky mike who's like a says he's a shaman and he's like (laughs) but i don't know i mean who's to say what's valid and not shamanism has existed in every culture ever um but the uh the catholics also with their wine yeah blood of jesus dude Alcohol's been in it. It's been a religious substance for as long as it's been a substance. Hmm. But it's hard to say, like, you know, we took it out of that context and made it worse because it was probably nefarious to begin with. I don't know. I mean, alcohol, it's pretty bad. Alcohol has one major strength which is it's an excellent bonding chemical not like in a chemical way but like two people can bond quickly if they drink together yeah i mean it like you lose your inhibitions or whatever and you just like give more of yourself but it also down regulates your ability to do that without it i guess anything though whatever effect it has can down regulate producing that effect endogenously yeah I don't even know if that's true. You think that's true? Mm, I don't know if it's true of everything, but in general, if it's all in the relationship to it, like if you rely on anything for effect A, then I think you downregulate your potential to produce effect A. Even ayahuasca, like if all your spirituality is is drinking ayahuasca, you might suffer because you might be less able to like meditate yourself into a higher state when are you going to smoke five meo dmt <laughs> and i don't know man. probably never <laughs> well you got to do it for 30 days straight is that what he did yes oh my god dude it's nuts i guess i can't call that nuts with as much conviction now that i've drunk ayahuasca 20 times in 45 days but but that is nuts and to watch porn on it. Jesus Christ. 45 days. What was that like? No phone the whole time. No, I had my phone. Just no signal. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I would listen to some downloaded music and stuff. But it was no... like... Out of... Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so in sync, bro. Yeah. I didn't have anything interesting to say. I no. was going to say... Jesus. This I was going to say... <laughs> I was going to say that like, it's weird because this integration process is like the heaviest I've ever done maybe, but it's like very different from after the three month meditation retreat. Cause after that, there was genuinely no screens, no talking. That was just like, you know, everyday shit was overwhelming. So like, this is not as much that, but it's like, there's like a groundlessness, like who am I? I'm nothing. And then I just decide who to be in any given moment. 
What do you mean by that? I mean, I'm nothing. You have no, um, like, narrative? No, I have a narrative. Running in your head? No, sure I do. But I see it as just a narrative. Okay. Fair. I've, I don't know. I mean, you're always going to have that, I think. It's just like, do you believe your thoughts? Believing your thoughts is when it becomes a problem. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Do you still yeah, meditate? My thoughts are stupid. Uh, I've gotten pretty weak on meditation. I did it a fair bit in the jungle, some, but not in the last week. I definitely want to get my practice going again. It's kind of hard because like things are shifting so much in my body. I feel like meditation is the best when you have stability. I mean, it's a practice of stillness. And so you're trying to like focus on your breath, but the very way that I'm breathing is changing. Like I'm breathing more diaphragmatically now and like with my back muscles. And so my whole body is just like changing and adjusting to this because for whatever, two decades, I was just like breathing in like a hunched posture with muscles asleep. So, so it's hard to meditate because the, like the bodily shifts become a huge distraction. I end up like just focusing on how to breathe more than like the sensations. What does that mean that you're breathing more diaphragmatically? Well, do you know diaphragmatic breathing? Like using your diaphragm? Okay. So like a way you can get a feel for it is if you breathe with like your throat kind of closed like this. Do you hear that? Yeah. That makes your diaphragm work in order to breathe. And it's a totally different way to breathe because you're actually engaging your abdomen and like breathing fully. It's very different from like the shallow, lazy breathing that most people do. Yeah, it's interesting. And like if you breathe, if you breathe that way all the time, you would be in a transcendent, very high vibe, like awakened state just naturally. Yeah, then you just have much wider sinuses if you do that. Yeah, dude. Have you ever seen indigenous people and how wide their faces and sinuses are? Like the That's only reason Westerners <laughs> mouth breathe is because our sinuses are fucked. That's part of it, yeah. Uh, yeah, these Quechua people have wide faces. That's why I feel like I still need to do the orthodontics, like just to structurally change that. That does feel different. Damn. I wonder if um, I could do Wim Hof like that and if that would also feel different. Yeah. I mean, I think that'd be a great idea. Dude, you should do Wim Hof method like full out. You're in Chicago winter. I did. I did. Um, I don't know if I sent you that video. I was out there for like 10 minutes though. It wasn't crazy. You didn't send me a video. What did you do? Cold no, exposure? I just, I just sat outside. Oh. And did the breathing for like 15 minutes. Nice. You should jump Bald. in the lake. You should jump in the lake and do the breathing. Hell no. <laughs> I have to have like a team around you. <laughs> Maybe not. You got to go solo to be a true pioneer. It's not worth dying over. <laughs> I took some ice baths in LA. That was cool. Would you do them again? Yeah, definitely. I want to incorporate those into my retreats. I think like the value I have to add for coming from the background I come from, like, I'm never going to be Luis, you know, that dude 
was born and bred to work with the plant medicine. He sees the spirit world all the time. He's his energy is just off the scales. But I feel like something I have to offer is exposure to all these different things. Wim Hof method, meditation, yoga, breath work, plant medicine, bring it all together in a good way. That's a good idea. So you want to start doing retreats? Yeah, I'm going to start doing retreats. Did I tell you that? No. I mean, you've mentioned yeah. that like you were planning on it, but not anything official. Uh, yeah, Luis wants to come down and do some retreats in Vilcabamba. We're going to have one June, June 1st to 14th. Sweet. What's that going to be like? Hopefully great. I don't know. I got a lot of work to do to get it together, but um, it'll be pretty dope. I'm like, it's weird, man. I'm like a three-year-old, huh? I'm very hesitant to say shaman. I Like I said that to you privately, but I feel like that's not the way I would do it public facing because it's kind of, I don't know. I think it's very suspect to be like coming from America and and say you're a shaman, but I'm like a three-year-old shaman and a 30-year-old guy in one being. So I'm like super immature in these abilities, but my 30-year-old man ego like wants to build them into his narrative and his story about himself. So it's weird like I have to I have to just accept that it's a long road. Like I have a long ways to go to get to Luis level. This is the literal um, fake it till you make it moment of every like Tim Ferriss book. He's <laughs> like, oh, you know, I'm like a year in, but I just, I pretend I'm an expert until everybody believes I am, you know, and then eventually. That's exactly whatever. what I, that's exactly what I cannot do. Cause that's like, what everybody in history has ever done. You know, everybody's I mean, I, insecure. I guess. Like, you sure, know, I don't, sure. I don't think Beethoven was like, I am the best. Maybe he was, but I don't think most of these people that are always striving to be better get very egotistical about it. Yeah. I mean, you can't, if you want it to be real, like with this, especially like there is no bullshitting it. Like it, it was very clear in the journeys with ayahuasca like there was a journey with ayahuasca where so like this whole trajectory of like realizing i'm on this path was not me like asserting that i was on the path or faking anything like i had the interest i had the like fantasy about doing this but i never expressed it i never said anything but luis and juan like they can read faces, they can read minds, I guess, because they knew, or at least they just get messages because they just said, like, we see you're on this path. You have to be really patient and, you know, eventually you'll lead retreats and you'll have your center and stuff, but it's a long road. And so they just like said all that stuff and started calling me a shaman without me saying anything. And then I had a journey with ayahuasca, my 20th total fourth of this time in the jungle where all these like symbols were flying at me. I saw like the figure of Luis in like flashing rainbow colors, like sort of like leaning over and looking at me. And I was like tapping into the spirit world. And it's really hard to like convey what having a conversation with ayahuasca is like, cause it's not like hearing voices, but you just have like this 
intuited sense of what she's saying. And she was like, you have a very active mind. You have all these ideas. You have all these ambitions. But if you're going to accept the call to do this work, you have to like set that aside and just learn and walk the long path and be real about it. And then she was like, and now you have to answer the call. Now you know what it means to say yes. It's fine if you say no, but you have to say yes or no. No, maybe. And so I said yes, but that set the tone of like, it's it's the last thing that you can bullshit. You cannot fake it. That's crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, that was like, that was top three most impactful journeys of all 36 most like dramatic. Was it like a progression of less intense to most intense or just like wild swings every day? That's so much tripping. You mean this time in the jungle that I just did? Yeah, the 45, 20 trips in 45 days. And then how many times were mushrooms in between? No, I only did mushrooms once. That was oh, after. Okay. okay. I also don't call them trips, but sure. Um, but no, that what I just told you about was the fourth. It was in the first retreat, and that was the most intense. So it was not a progression of least to most. What is the... What's wrong with calling things trips? It's not wrong, but I think it's kind of cheapens what it is. Like to me, the connotation of trip is like you see some crazy shit and it's a departure from what's quote unquote real. But I feel like ayahuasca is getting into what's realer than real, like seeing something deeper and truer than material reality. So I don't think of it as a trip. What do you think of it as? If you're going to use one word, a journey. Okay. Yeah. It's like that Journey. band. Hell yeah. Wait, <laughs> what did they? The, the Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Great that song. Could, could be your theme song on the retreats. Yeah, probably should be. I was like hanging on by a thread. It was weird because I got to, I felt very spiritually strong, but super physically weak. My body was just like getting frail toward the end. Yeah, because you purged a bunch. Yeah, you purge and then like every night you drink ayahuasca, you have no dinner and the portions are small anyway of food. So I'm eating like a very light breakfast and lunch and that's it, half of the days and then a light dinner half the days. But yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, just the mechanism of constantly throwing up is Right, that one. Do you remember that really controversial vegetable? Not the food, but the person. A person who was a vegetable? A person that was bulimic and the bulimia caused them to become a vegetable in one way or another. And it was this big, we want to unplug her and like Supreme Court case. Oh, yeah, dude. I remember that. That was like when we were in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was was probably around that time. Casey, no, Casey Anthony was the mom who like killed her kid or something. Yeah, she was the one that put her kid in her trunk or whatever and like drove the car into a lake. I don't fucking know. Yeah. I don't remember what that girl's name was, but I do remember that case. Would you want them to pull the plug on you? (laughs) (laughs) Impossible to know until I'm in the moment. Yeah, but if you got to say something now so that people know what to do. I feel like no. I feel like 
oftentimes um, people will wake up out of comas even. Actually, I don't know if this is true or not, but whatever, third-hand accounts will say that like mm-hmm. people could hear what was going on in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that. Especially um, now with the metaverse, I feel like you got to keep your options open. Yeah, and like same with like people in like a deep stroke. You know, if their mind inside is totally raging normal, mm-hmm. then no, there's like a lot of solid thinking you could be doing. Yeah, but I don't want to be kept alive as a vegetable. I would want them to pull the plug. We're all going to die. I don't want to delay the inevitable in some stupid state that a person would never be in if not for hospitals. I also never want to go to a hospital. I won't go to a hospital. If I'm having a heart attack, I won't go to the hospital. Um, I don't know, man. The Stephen Hawking, whoever, he did like some of his best work while he was totally vegged out. That's true. That's true. So, you know, if you got shit to do, you got shit, you got to get out. And your mind is still raging and your body is just slowly collapsing. You got <laughs> it's so it. hard for me to imagine that. I feel like mind and body are so intertwined. Like it's hard to imagine just being a mind. Yeah, it's weird. He's like one of the few cases probably. I think, yeah. I can't think of any others. Where he's just an elite level thinker mm-hmm. and he looks like shit. Maybe, maybe it's all a front. Maybe he's just a 4D AI consciousness that the deep state snuck into some guy. Maybe he was super in shape the whole time. He was lazy. He didn't <laughs> want to walk. It was all front. He's just like flexing his abs beneath his clothes. You can't see, but he's he's super active. It was all just like a like an act. Like he's like they won't believe me if I'm just this like charismatic dude walking around. But if I pretend I'm, you know, this monster, then everybody will listen to me. Or he was just really into being cocked, so he wanted to be a cripple, so his wife would sleep with other dudes. Maybe, and then he watched in the corner, and he used his computer, <laughs> and then that gives him the inspiration to solve physics. Yeah, that'd be crazy. What a life! What a life! Did you watch the movie about him? No. Hmm. I felt pretty bad because, like. It was pretty sad to watch, you know, his wife was so sweet and supportive. She was like, no, like you're everything to me. I'll do everything to keep you going and I'll never leave you. I'm in this until the end. And then like a few years pass and she's like, eh, kind of want to fuck some dudes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> what are you going to do, man? Yeah. And it's like, you can't really blame her. You just, it's just sad. It's just, yeah, that's just the way it goes. There's nothing you could do about that. But um, that's a that's a dramatization, right? It's a fictional movie. Oh, I'm not sure. I thought it was. I don't know. I guess it was based on a true story, which who knows what that means. Yeah, like all of those still are just obviously, obviously fake. Yeah, sleazy Hollywood, man. It's not even sleazy. It's just. Hollywood writers are the type of people that don't have social interactions. <laughs> the shit that they write is just this fantastical way of speaking that nobody does in real life because all they've ever done was read books and, you know, write. Well, they, they have social interactions with each other. So they with get in their own. Writers. Like, yeah. yeah they have their circle jerk of like Bohemian Grove. Yeah, exactly. So that doesn't work out. You need an Alex Jones. You need a wild card in there. Hell yeah. To bust in and break them apart. 
I thank God every day for the existence of Alex Jones. Like, I don't really want to hang out with him. He seems pretty annoying to be around. I don't even want to watch him, but I thank God for his existence. You know, he's he's just unfiltered. You like it's so fucking refreshing. People are so damn filtered. I would love to hang out with Alex Jones all the time. I would love to do it once, dude. If you hung out with Alex Jones all the time, you'd be like, uh, you'd get Stockholm syndrome. He just like abuses everyone around him, dominates every situation. He just shouts a lot of crazy drunk shit. You'd get pretty annoyed <laughs> after probably like an hour. You tell him to go home, but like he's a good time. He's so funny. Oh, for sure. It would be a great time, but I could only deal with it for like an hour. I just, I have this alcoholic uncle who's just like Alex Jones. He just gets loaded up and just, you know, starts yelling about the government or whomever. Like all the dirty politicians. Is he like real Albanian? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he lives there. It's, It's that government, so it's their conspiracy theories, but. Oh, nice. Not even, but it's like local, so it's not even conspiracies. You're just like that guy's obviously a dirty politician. You mm-hmm. know, like why does he have a Mercedes? <laughs> yeah, that's the funny thing about small governments. Ecuador too is like the dirty politicians. Like it, it's all in plain sight. You know, the U.S. has all these like disguises with the deep state, and you don't know who's on what side. But the corruption is just very blatant in small countries, small governments. Yeah, I don't even, and I don't even think it's that. I just think that the U.S. is so large that things get obscured, but it's all obviously yeah. hilariously corrupt to anybody that's near the vicinity. Yeah, or to anyone who pays attention, which is maybe two percent of the population. Yeah, exactly. It's just because like there's they're in a city removed. Mm-hmm. That is just this whole the U.S. kind of has this weird hierarchical structure that separates us and them. Like it just abstracts the concept more, but in other countries, ever it's just like you're a local dude that you know. Mm-hmm, exactly. And Find the just, right person to bribe. You just really see it happening right in front of you, and you're like, oh, okay. And you have this theory that, like, oh no, the U.S. can't be like this, but <laughs> no, nah, it's just like this like on this. the next level. The U.S. is just next level of it. Yeah, exactly. Do you love America? Love it. I bleed the red, white, and blue. (laughs) I can't think of any other reason you would stay in Chicago. I like my job. I have family and friends. Um, Okay. Okay. Yeah, you've got a lot of valid reasons. There are oceans on both sides, and there's a lot of arable farmland. Yeah, that Bill Gates owns. Hey, he's American. (laughs) he's he's all american bill gates is like the american way just buying up industries dominating the globe on the other side of the globe where there's actual domination um russia is invading the ukraine where most of europe's wheat supplies are and china owns over 60 percent of wheat futures so i'm glad that bill gates has ours (laughs) i didn't know that facet yeah we haven't really been covering the news we've just been philosophizing russia invading ukraine it's pretty, it's pretty fucked up, dude. And you better support Ukraine in this terrible human rights violation. If you don't wear blue and yellow all the time, we're done. You're a fucking alt-right bigot. It's hard for me to defend the alt-right bigots in this case, as I usually do, because 
they're trying to be edgy and say like, oh no, it's it was the West they pushed Russia into doing this. Um, you know, just because you're losing economics doesn't mean you have the right to just start bombing shit. Oh, for sure. That's no, not Russia, how that works. Russia's very in the wrong, as they are have, as are the alt right. They have crossed a intangible line, which right, nobody thought that a land war in Europe would be possible in the modern day. We thought like mm-hmm. we are higher on the spiral dynamics than, than <laughs> yeah. others. Like yep. we no longer believe in war, and uh, the fact that it has come and World War Three has likely begun is not great. Well, that's a lot of what they're saying, though, aren't they? Saying the whole war is staged. They're like they think it's fake. Apparently, yeah, the alt right thinks that this is fake. That um, it's the U.S. and the Ukraine trying to provoke Russia for whatever reason into overextending themselves. Don't know why they would want to do this. Yeah, it's almost as if after COVID, the mainstream narrative was so nonsensical and the the establishment lost the plot to such a degree that now all the conspiracy theorists and alt-right people, they just have to they have to disagree with whatever the media is saying, whatever it is, you know, the weather they they say the media is lying. It's just become it's it's an industry. It's the alt media like it exists now and it has to keep feeding itself. It has to keep existing. Yeah, like there's no media that's based on truth. The media is based on like corrupt opportunism. And then the alternative media is just based on saying the opposite of whatever the media is saying. 100%. And then you just got to pick a side. That's why I'm done, dude. 2021, I was watching way too much alternative media. Not that I was believing it all, but I was just staring into the abyss. And now I'm done. No news. Don't care about the world outside of Vilcabamba. (laughs) I wouldn't go as far as saying I don't care about the world, but I am also done. Um, You know, again, land war in Europe, unacceptable. This is not funny conspiracy stuff. This is a terrible human rights violation. And uh, we're going to see the first ever cancellation of a country, which is exciting. (laughs) I'm excited for how the Lipcucks are handling a world war. That was a quick turn, dude. That was a quick turn. You were you were <laughs> empathizing. You were talking about the human rights violation, and then the next breath, yeah, exciting. <laughs> well, it's just this is you know the strategy of the Western world now is we're going to cancel them. We're going to get everyone's going to stop talking to them. We're just going to freeze them out, and then mm-hmm. if they can't maintain their friendship with China, they're going to be totally alone and just wither and die. Russia, that is. This is yeah. This is yeah. the strategy. But I kind of feel a kinship with Putin, uh, having been canceled myself. <laughs> Did you lash out and just start kicking people around you? No, man. It's bullshit. I got canceled just for saying I haven't gotten a particular experimental shot. And Putin you know, is invading a country, but I'm just as canceled. Do you think you are as evil? Do you think anybody... Do you think he's, he's misunderstood here? <laughs> is that what you're saying uh i'm misunderstood and so yeah are you saying you're going to volunteer right now to be in russia's military reserves well i don't know man their ads are pretty good their military ads they kind of pump me up i watched this video that showed an ad for china's military and russia's military like Super macho, really got the dopamine flowing. And then I watched an ad for the U.S. military, and it's 
it was pretty sad. I feel like we got some good ones with the Navy when they're like the few, the proud, and they're like diving off of helicopters. Yeah, yeah, I guess those are good. But there were these, there was this like batch <laughs> of of woke U.S. military ads that okay, were like, I know, you know, I know what you're cartoon talking about. figures. Yeah, yeah. With the woman, and she's like growing up, and she happens to have like gay mothers. Yeah, and then I've been fighting for freedom ever since I marched with my two amazing moms for their right to fuck each other in the nineties. And it's this like crazy clash of like all these stereotypes are that typically go against each other, and she's somehow all of them. You know, she's like super vegan or whatever, and like has mm-hmm. two gay mothers, and then is like a strong U.S. national. Yeah, but she's white, so she can't she can't really be the the pinnacle of oppression. She's also yeah, just this hot white girl. Mm-hmm. And it's none of this adds up to U.S. military. They're really going out of their way to try to appeal to a different audience. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's what they're doing. But I think in the in the demolition of demographics, white women are next if they're not already on the chopping block, you know, we, we got axed like four or five years ago. So white guys are out and I think white women are next. They're coming for you, white women. I think you're wrong about this. I think that, you know, white men found a backdoor in, which was to become white women. And now white men rule the <laughs> world again as white women. <laughs> well, my cancellation also had a very transphobic flair to it. So I can't say you're wrong. <laughs> it is a wolf in sheep's clothing quite literally it is a trojan horse there are thousands of years of history where this has happened beware the white man in woman's clothing those fucking white men figured when out Caitlin another loophole. Jenner becomes president that's it <laughs> it's it's going down we're beefing with china or beefing with japan who anyone that wants it caitlin's gonna dish it out <laughs> Yeah, man. How can you stop a nation of all women? I, uh, I'm, I'm subscribed to Bing Rewards. Um, it's if you use the browser Bing, they give you rewards. Because um, Microsoft will bribe you to use their browser, which is cool because Google is going to sell your data. At least Microsoft kicks it back a little bit. Well, back to you. Um, yeah, but, but they probably do just a sinister stuff. Oh, I'm sure they do. Um, but mm, as but if you resign to that, then it's fine. Yeah, so I was getting these points, and they were, they do like these bonus trivia's, and one of them was like about women in history and whether or not female leaders have tended to skew towards being more or less violent. Ah, yeah. With the conventional wisdom being that more female-run societies are going to be a lot less violent than male-dominated societies, right? The patriarchy is right. responsible for the evil. Of course, wasn't the case. All the queens in history start shit. Yeah, no, I saw that statistic like a long time ago that like queens were more warfaring than kings. Yeah, it's pretty old. It might be like, I don't know, a decade old. Yeah. Yeah, man, those bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Happy belated International Women's Day, by the way, bro. Happy belated International Women's Day. Margaret Thatcher attacked Argentina in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you have to know about women in power, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, women are just as, what's the word? They're just as, uh, they have just as much, yeah, they have just as much a propensity for conflict. They just do it in less obvious ways. 
here's the thing though. They do it in less obvious ways because <laughs> they use the tools that they're strongest with. Mm-hmm. Right. They're better communicators more likely. Um, they probably are better manipulators and they're worse physically. Whereas mm-hmm. men can dominate physically. So they just, they go to that well right away. Right. So although not them, so much now, but yeah, but yeah, but in general now put them in charge of an army where it's an mm-hmm. even playing field, mm-hmm. make the same choice. Yeah, man. Once our military is fully woke, once the American, I shouldn't say, "R, oh, I'm Ecuadorian now, but once the American military is fully woke, they're just going to mind fuck everyone. Like they're going to have all these psyops and it's going to be a whole new dimension of warfare. What makes you think they're not currently having all these psyops? Oh, they are, but they're going to get better at them as, as the, uh, the girls with lesbian moms become, you know, most of the, most of the military. Inevitably. It's always getting better, but it's always also happening. You know, the sci-fi shit is also happening right now. Of course. It's happened in the past and it's going to happen in the future. We don't know what's happening right now, but in 10 years we will. Some crazy shit. Yeah, man. My question is, are you in on it? In what sense? Are you in on a psyop with me as the target? Yes. It's just me and you. I'm, I'm running the psyop. And what's the psyop? Um, I'm going to create the next Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's you. I'm going to create the next Elon Musk. Okay, I'm down. That's you. You are the next Elon Musk, but for spirituality. That and sounds great. I'm going to be your minister of propaganda. Sounds perfect, dude. There you go. You should definitely be my administrator of propaganda, whatever role I find myself in in 10 years. I will make banners. I'll make slogans. I'll make a hand gesture. I read that book, The Wave. I know what's going on. What is that book? It's a book about some science class that did all the Nazi shit. But, you know, this is like popular in the 60s. Like, how could Nazis have ever existed? Let's run a bunch of scientific tests. Remember the prison experiment? Mm, I don't think so. Although that might have been debunked, that Stanford prison experiment where they put those students in as prisoners and those other ones as guards. Oh, yes, yes, I do remember that. And it immediately got out of control. Yeah, I mean, I I buy it. I feel like people will be as shitty as you let them. Yeah, pretty much. That was the whole thing, right? It was like they'll just submit to authority no matter how wicked the authority. Yeah, well, that was the Milgram, Milgram experiment too. Was that yeah, the one that I was mean, shocking? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. People fucking love to obey. People love to comply. Why is that? Some people think it's because humans were started as a as a hybrid <laughs> between an alien race called the Anunnaki and I guess chimpanzees or something. And we were created as a slave species. To get their gold so that they could build an ozone layer of gold on their planet. Really? That's what it was? Yeah. Nice. I don't know, man. I I wouldn't be surprised if we were started as a slave species. I feel like people have a deep-seated... You know, why is dominance hierarchy such a thing? I feel like it's more of a thing for people than for other animals. You know, like other animals, it's more dynamic. Like you can can see them be different ways, different times. People have this deep-seated need to just be in a thing, in a social hierarchy. 
Well, I think people have a more complex social structure, but I mean, obviously there's some really good examples of very, very rigid animal hierarchies. Ants, bees, mm, sure. I think chimpanzees. Okay. The, I think chimps are an oligarchy. I think it's like three or four. Mm, I would hate to be an insect. I think that's the worst. Everyone serving a queen sounds terrible. What if it's a benevolent queen? All the well, food's there. It is, a pretty, it is a pretty benevolent queen, but still, it's like your whole fucking life just revolves around this, this entitled ant lady. What if your work and your purpose sets you free from the burden of having to come up with a purpose or having to come up with meaning? It does. That's why people love to fucking obey. That's true. And that's why ants probably have a you know blissful, happy ignorance. Yep, that's why all the twats on the Twitter hive mind have a blissful, happy ignorance. Oh, nobody is less happy than people on Twitter. You don't go yeah, on Twitter because you're happy that day. You go on Damn, Twitter because like- you're angry and you want to sow the seeds to the yeah, world. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm on a cold streak here of making good points. My points have been <laughs> real shitty. So that tobacco, man. Your mind's clouded. Yeah, I'm going to get some more tobacco. Buy tobacco. I think it actually is, but this is my last... Uh, my last one, so I'll be right back. Oh. <clears throat> nice. You're hitting the bong as I'm smoking the tobacco. I can't believe I didn't give the most cathartic update of all in my life. I What's am, that? I'm just about six months weed free. The theme of this podcast can finally change. Congratulations. You have, would you say you've overcome your crippling marijuana addiction? I mean, not completely. Cause I think the real issue is that I've got a really addictive personality mm. and I kind of need something to be addicted to and I'm trying to make that my work and I'm not completely there, but I'm on the way and yeah, I got the weed out of my system. So that's, that's a big plus. That's the dream, right? Is to find the thing to channel the addiction. Yeah. That's the whole thing. I mean, like I'm like Tony Robbins who hasn't become Tony Robbins yet. Tony Robbins became addicted to helping people. That's why I care about the world and I want to help people. But it's hard because like, I feel like to really feed that addiction, I need to be getting the feedback. I need the dopamine rush of people being like, oh, you're such a good writer or something like that. But I don't want to be on the treadmill of constant feedback that affects what I actually do. I want to create something big and long, take a few years out of the public square and make something great. But how do I feed the addicted the addictive personality monster that way. You got to like help old ladies cross the street, <laughs> you know, Maybe. Just yeah. little things here and there just to get that. Uh, today I helped arrange the service. I helped, you know, hang a painting up and move some wood and do some shit to get ready for the service for this guy in the Vilka community. I think that could feed it. Maybe yeah, just any momentum, right? When you're doing stuff for other people and like you're building mm-hmm. them up. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I got to get less selfish. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that was actually going to produce work, but that's interesting. 
well, it just makes me happy with my life. That's good. I think like, you know, I don't even think about weed now because I'm pretty happy with my life. Yeah, man. Um, I don't know. I like it, but I don't need it. Mm-hmm. Well, you never had a problem like I did. It's hard to say though. Like I, I did smoke pretty much the entire Colorado trip, but I was in Colorado. It's like, you're not going to smoke the entire time. Yeah. I can't blame you for that. How much do you smoke like per week? Um, I smoke like a quarter a month, a quarter of flour, which is depending on where you buy in Colorado, it's 40 bucks, but here it's probably 75, 80 bucks. I can't, I can't calculate that shit. How many nights a week do you smoke? Oh, any amount. It just depends on what I'm doing that night. If I go out or if I don't go out on average, uh, uh well, it's skewed to almost every, but it's also skewed to January <laughs> in Chicago during hard COVID lockdowns. Okay. Yeah. I think you've got a problem. So yeah, you know, it's, but I've had nothing else to do this entire time besides play video games and get high. Other than move to Ecuador. Other than move to Ecuador. Yeah. Dude, dude. I, uh, sorry. I, um, I'm stoked because I feel like as I've gotten really stoked on life here and as I'm just like thriving more, people are going to come. My mom's probably going to move here. My sister's going to come here. The love of the life might move here. Really? Yeah. That's dope. She, she seemed really down on it. And when we just FaceTime before this conversation, that's dope. Mm-hmm. You excited? You gonna stay at this place? What place? House. Yeah, I mean, for now, like for the next three years, and then we'll probably build a dream house, or she'll build a dream house, and all yay or nay things um, on my land. And uh, yeah, dude, I'm super stoked. Are you kidding me? It's been almost a year of not being with her. I basically gave up. And it's as if like giving up was the necessary step to actually having it be on the table again. The soulmate is back on the table. That's sick. That's good to hear. It was weird, dude. Universe works in mysterious ways. Because like, you know, her whole thing was like, I need to be in Chicago. There needs to be a home base in Chicago. She needs me to spend half the time in Chicago. And when I was saying like, yeah, maybe I could do that. Yeah. She was like, it wasn't working. But when I said, as soon as I said like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Okabamba's home. She's like, okay, Okabamba seems awesome. <laughs> there you go. You just got to be decisive. Yes, that's exactly it, dude. That was one of my tobacco dreams. Mm. I had this dream on tobacco where... I was walking into the office of this woman who was on the first retreat, who's like, she does shamanic work as well. She's a badass and like, yeah, she's, she's really wise. And she was like looking at my knee. I've had knee pains in my left knee, which every time I've had relationship issues, I have stuff come up on my left leg. It was my foot with the former ex. And then my knee's been having all this stuff. And she was like, someone is there. Someone is in this pain. And I knew it was, you know, my current maybe partner. And then Luis came and I can't usually talk that well with Luis, but in the dream, he had a British accent so we could have a <laughs> full conversation in English. And he was like, you have different selves. You have different personalities. You have this high, you have different voices. You have this high meek voice that you use sometimes. And then other times you have this deeper, more authentic voice. Where does that voice come from? And I was like, decisiveness. And he was like, right, you are. So it was in the dream. Yep. But the dream basically made it clear that 
to be my authentic self, I've got to be outcome independent, decisive, create what I want to in life, and then the right people will come. There you go. Yes, I think I pretty much figured out life (laughs) a couple decades early. So I got, you know, a lot of years to chill, which is nice. Yeah, what's next? Shamanic path. You got to figure out. I got to learn Spanish. I got to learn guitar. I got to lead retreats. I got to keep working with ayahuasca. I got to finish healing. I got to exercise. I got to eat clean. I got to be a baller. It's a great plan. I like it. Yeah. But I also probably got to stop smoking tobacco all the time. It's because I was smoking the mapacho jungle tobacco. It's so fucking strong. I was smoking that in the jungle and then came out and I was like, those tobacco highs are nice, but they're also insightful. So, but I think it's run its course. Does it give you like a pretty good buzz like right now? Yeah. Um, Like a head rush and like, it's pretty insightful. Like when I get high on tobacco, things seem really clear. Uh, but then, you know, again, like I can't depend on it for that. You've definitely started talking quicker since you started smoking the second. Yeah. I mean, it's a stimulant. Like my mind works, my mind works better for like five minutes when I smoke tobacco. That's funny. I feel like I always get dizzy. Yeah. There's a bit of that too. It also makes me shit. (laughs) How do people do cigarettes and coffee? How is that a thing? Like cigarettes and coffee for breakfast. Don't you just shit your brains out? That's the idea. Yeah. Oh, that's why they do it. Yeah. You know, they spent all night eating, I don't know what they ate, cheese. (laughs) And now they got to balance it out. It's like the pinnacle of an unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah, it's you're just constantly taping up things or fixing symptoms with other symptoms. It's Western medicine in a nutshell, though. Yeah, pretty much. You're treating the symptom with some sort of medicine. Yep. That's why I call ayahuasca medicine. Ayahuasca is a more legitimate medicine than any pharmaceutical bullshit. I mean, you know, probably not aspirin, but I mostly agree with you. Aspirin sucks, dude. Haven't you read The Plant Paradox? (laughs) (laughs) Is that, does it have a lot of lectins? No, I missed that one. I don't know. You had an anti-aspirin thing. Um, I don't remember if it was aspirin in particular, but like Advil, painkiller things he said that they fuck with your small intestine oh gotcha yeah i think aspirin's like literally a the bark of a tree every pharmaceutical comes from trees and plants dude it's crazy like there are hundreds of trees and plants with medicinal uses and farm all pharmaceuticals are is just like manipulating them and tinkering with them and making them super potent in some way yeah that's super interesting like lithium you know it's just a whatever it is a salt, mm. a rock. I don't know. Is it in rocks normally? I don't know. But it's profoundly effective on humans. <clears throat> you know what else is profoundly effective on humans? Sex. That's true. Sex runs everything. Yep. That is why Jeff Epstein was the most powerful man on earth. <laughs> That's so dark. Have you been getting it in? <laughs> I guess, yeah. 
You know, I've been around. I was singing abroad or two and by day. Abroad or two? Yeah. Good for you, man. What about you? Where is it going? No. Semen retention all the Still way. Still all the way. You're back on team except semen for, retention. Well, except for the occasional FaceTime sex with the possible soulmate. Yeah. Okay. That's nice. Uh, not really. Every time I come, I regret coming because it's your energy. You know, I want another cool experience from the jungle. I had this vision of my sexual energy, like flowing out and then arrows showed up and they changed direction so that it was pointing up within me. And it was like ayahuasca saying to channel that energy within me, which I already knew, but every time in the past, like I, I was never hornier than on ayahuasca retreats. Like it was so bad and meditation retreats, like after a few weeks of meditating and not doing any sex, I would just start freaking out. Like I needed to come. But this time, like there were a few moments where that got to me, but like very few, like the whole two months I was just chill. Do you think that's because you've done it in the past and it just becomes easier to do it the more often you try to do it? To do what? To retain Retained. your stamina. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And and non-ejaculatory orgasms. Like that, I think like for a while I was just stopping come from coming out. It wasn't actually channeling energy upward, but I think you just train those muscles and it gets easier. What um, do you think happens to Catholic priests that they just want to fuck boys instead? I think that's why they became Catholic priests because they were gay. And they're no, seriously, I think they were so ashamed of their sexuality that they're like, hmm, either I deal with this sexuality that's, you know, bad, or I marry God and just act like I'm not a sexual creature, but then I am, so I fuck boys. Yeah, that's probably more accurate. It's too bad they can't. And that's the same thing in the East, right? Not to say that the East is any more enlightened. They have the same raping issues that um, the West does in spiritual circles. Yeah, man, that's the real dark underbelly to most religious traditions. Even like monks, like they're just basically telling the sexual side of them and like their inner child, like, shut the fuck up. You don't exist. I'm just going to meditate. I'm just going to read the Bible. And it doesn't work. Doesn't work. What's up with that? That's that's what's up. That's it. It doesn't work. Because sex is fundamentally human. It is a pointless endeavor to avoid it or to hide it or to bury it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. Maybe, maybe you should get into Tantra. I saw a Netflix thing on it once. If I don't know what it was. What was it? Maybe, it's the tr- maybe that's the truest spiritual path because it embraces sex dude i think the truest spiritual path is having sex (laughs) maybe (laughs) probably you you know what i mean just doing the biological act in its full glory yeah but that's the thing like 99 percent of sex is nowhere near its full glory yeah i probably agree with that but i think there's probably a moment that that's the most spiritual moment you can have? I don't know, in a sense, but I think when you start getting into like samadhi experiences and deep 
spiritually transcendent experiences that goes beyond sex, but I don't know. You could probably get there with sex too, but almost all the time sex is not that like I thought I was having that when I was smoking weed heavily for the first time in my life and in this relationship and having just the best sex ever, but it wasn't the same. It, it, it doesn't hold a candle to like an enlightenment experience. Like what kind of experience? Sorry, I'm trying to do the breathing some more, but <laughs> nice. I feel like it's changing my voice. Yeah, you're coming into yourself as a man right now, live on Consciousness Born, episode 12. I am Leo. coming upwards into myself, <clears throat> live while talking. I don't know if we can hit a higher note than that. Should we rap? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty high. I'll probably play some Elden Ring for like 40 minutes and then and then pop off. What's Elden Ring? It is a uh, game that George R.R. R. Martin wrote, the Game of Thrones guy. Mm-hmm. And then some guys from some studio Capcom maybe made. Hmm. It's like a pretty fun. Just run around and kill shit with swords. Sounds like a great night. Not it's a really. very hollow pursuit <laughs> what should the listeners do right now what is a, a less hollow pursuit that you would urge oh, that, or- is a, that is a great that's a great question i would say they should get high and jack off